0: Where they are, not where yeah,
1: and that sounds like, again, it just sounds so dumb, but like musky can be in all these crazy spots. It's a tough one to go on low probability.
0: Color, action, size, and profiles of musky flies are debated all throughout the musky fishing. Everybody's got a theory. Dan, when you select a musky fly, what do you look at first?
1: What do I look at first? I look at the flies as tools, all kind of for certain jobs. So I first, I'm first really asking the question, what tool do I need? And then the fly selection becomes easy. And what I mean by that is where do I think the muskies are because they're moving, they're changing depths, they're changing activity, they're changing aggressive behavior. What do I need to do to find them and entice them and where are they living? Answer that question. And it'll tell me where I need to fish. What fly, you know? Okay. So they're super shallow in weeds, you know, that are two feet and pretty sloppy. Like, you know, I might run uh, less hooks and something that's higher up in the water column, like a big bushy Buford or a top water fly. You know, we're getting into later fall up here in wisconsin and that's when we start to it's just it, the muskie are eating bigger forage they're being a little bit more efficient with their energy throw something kind of matches the hatch there right That's throw the big suckers and and get them low and slow and that i think is the general framework for how i pick a fly do i have personally flies that are you know the fly it swims this sure a little bit but i think it's more about for me, my fishing is more about finding where the fish are. And then that kind of fills in the, f- the fly hole. What do they need? Just one more example is like, just it answers, it fills in itself is like middle of the summer around here. We will hear it all over the place. Muskie are being caught. What are they being caught on? Blades. It's a blade bite. All the gear anglers are getting them on blades. You got to burn flies fast. Does it open up in profile and kick and it doesn't even matter does it, can you swim it fast and give them something big and make some noise and we do that with crazy ugly flies that don't actually swim well but they do they make noise and they swim straight right back to the boat really fast a couple of different examples of how I think about flies and maybe that didn't answer the question but hopefully it, it painted the picture a little bit how I think about it
0: yeah I think we all kind of rely on if you if we can on gear folks other fly folks plus your knowledge plus You know, what might've worked this time last year might be a place, good place to kind of get in the ballpark. Yep. So I think we all kind of do the same, go at it kind of the same way. I like the profile for certain times of the year to start out with, and then I might venture off of it. I might not, just depending on what's going on. If nothing's going on, you know, nothing's going on. You don't have any indication of whether you're doing things right, wrong, indifferent. I mean, if they're not eating, they're just not eating. If they're not coming out, I mean, they could be two foot from the end of your rod and you wouldn't know it.
1: No, you're you're exactly right. I will say this: like a big, beautiful, fully dressed bucktail laden fly, I love it, and getting it to swim and kick. Oh, it's awesome to watch. Like if they're not eat, if they're not eating that, I'm not throwing that. I'll throw some ugly crap that. Uh, I mean, seriously, with egg sinkers clipped on, like crap that just if it. That's what it takes. That's what it takes because uh, they don't make it easy. They don't make it easy. But you're right about the about looking at other folks, especially I think in Muskie, it's unlike trout where there are more other anglers in Muskie that are conventional anglers than there are fly anglers. And I would say that's not the case with most trout fishing. Uh typically, right? It's you're looking to other fly anglers.
0: I'm not gonna miss the opportunity to ask a, a gear guy going down the river if he's catching no a fish. Doubt. Yep. We're talking. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can finish this next part in 15 seconds because that's a little round circle on everybody's phone whenever they don't want to hear something. From high atop the world headquarters, the Southeastern Fly. This is the Southeastern Fly podcast. Thanks for giving us a listen. Feel free to share with your friends and fishing partners. Subscribe or follow so that you'll be the first to know when the episode drops. If you find value in the podcast, drop by the Southeastern Fly store. We've got hats, t shirts, hoodies, new winter gear. All that's available and all of that supports the podcast. So your purchases are what makes this podcast go and how we pay for the stuff that houses the podcast and gets the podcast out to you. Explore the merch that fuels the Southeastern Five podcast. Also, if you need additional information about five fishing techniques, flies, fly tying gear, etc. We offer fly fishing coaching sessions for additional information when you need it on and off the water. Who's our guest today? He's a musky angler. He's an online fly shop owner, side by side with his spouse, Jen, who's also a muskie angler. Together, they're soon opening a brick and mortar store in Madison, Wisconsin. He can be found at uh, www.muskyfool.com. Let's welcome the owner of Muskie Fool Fly Fishing Company, Dan Donovan. Dan, thanks for coming. Hey, here.
1: thanks for having us. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you? I'm doing? Wonderful.
1: It's it's playoff time in Muskie Country. I'm a, I'm I'm <laughs> loving life.
0: <laughs> I think I just saw where the World Series starts tomorrow. Yeah,
1: October. It's time. It's go time.
0: I used to uh, I used to live in uh, Georgia and I was a big Braves fan then, and then I kind of got away from baseball, but glad to see them back in the World Series. So it's yep. a good thing. Yep. So so you and your wife own muskiefool.com. And I've seen, I've seen y'all around for probably a year or so, something like that. Anyway, time flies, yeah, it, by it, the way. It, when you get it does. <laughs> but, uh, so let's go in that just for a minute. Tell me, tell me how y'all came about doing this.
1: The short, long story is background a little bit. I was in tech startup CFO for about a decade, Jen, my wife, uh, in retail, Duluth, Land's End, big companies. And, um, you know, we were muskie anglers. We, I grew up. In Wisconsin, dad and uncle taking me to the Northwoods, muskie fishing on all types of gear, walleye fishing, the whole nine yards. Later in life, picked up a fly rod and kind of never looked back in terms of chasing muskies with a fly. Right about that time, Jen and I started fishing a lot together. This was probably eight years ago and so she just got wrapped into the musky musky world and loved it and kind of became an angler on her own and um all of that kind of got us to the point where we were looking i think a transition was brewing we had both been kind of in our spot for a while me especially you know the the life cycle the company i was with it was it was a good time and we were also fishing for muskies unable to we were literally on a trip unable to like find essential gear that we needed. I got to fill it in. And uh, in the in the middle of musky country, I mean, like blue ribbon, you know, Missoula, Montana of musky. And they kind of just clicked. And we said, well, why not? We'll start with flies and maybe flies. And, you know, there's a lot of people doing flies. And one thing led to another. And, and uh, then there was also this Madison, the greater Madison era, not having a fly shop. So we launched Musky Fool online, really because we had no choice. It was a pandemic. We would have opened a brick and mortar and had to put a close a close oh. sign on the door. There were not, all, you know, We were not all, at that time. We were not allowed in Dane County, at least to go anywhere. Plus our background is definitely e-commerce and direct. So we got the ball rolling that way, you know, along those lines, kind of the last bastion of a fly shop, the Orvis in the Madison area closed kind of six months, eight months into, if I remember correctly, us being live with Muskie Fool. And, uh, opportunity kind of fell in our lap to, to acquire a building and, and ramp up the brick and mortar side. So we're, we're doing that right now. We're in the midst of it, trying to get it all ready for spring.
0: Good for you. Timing is everything. I mean, that's, that's essentially what you said is your timing was perfect, but don't ever discount the hard work that you had to put in behind this stuff. That just it's the day in day out. It's the grind. Oh, yeah. It's my mother called me the other day and you know, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm working on podcast stuff. You know, on a Sunday when everybody else is kicked back watching football, that's what I'm yep. doing, just to make sure that it's out there because I said it would be out there, you know. So my dad always owned businesses, so she understood that. But again, it makes you think, oh, wait a minute now. Yep. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I could have a somewhat normal life, but yeah, that's not really as much fun as I want to yep. have. So yeah,
1: no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Not working less hours than the tech startup world, that's for sure. <laughs> Ooh, yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> So we're Southeastern fly and we've got a guy from Wisconsin on the, on the show. So here's the reason why is there, there are plenty of great, great anglers and and great fly shops down here, but I think you said it right. You're in the Mecca of musky country. And the other day we were talking, if you get 11 follows in a day, that's a big deal, right? That's okay. That's a good day for us. 11 follows is something we will talk about forever, (laughs) right? Because you just, there's more opportunity up there. I think, I think we're going to find out. I think there's more opportunity. The more opportunity you have, the more patterns you can get, the more you will know, oh, okay, well, this is this and you start connecting dots. So you can connect the dots faster maybe than what someone down here can connect if there aren't as many fish. And I don't feel like using air quotes here. That there are quite as many fish down here in our smaller rivers than there are up there in yours
1: i think you hit it from two angles we have more water and uh, holds musky and just more musky usually per river mile or per lake acre yeah but canada's got more than us too so there's always <laughs> but no but i hear you and i think you're absolutely right and we're, we're definitely blessed up here you know we still stock brown trout and and uh, stuff like, but it's our native fish. You know, it's the king of the castle in Wisconsin.
0: So, what I want to do is take the things that you've learned. Sure. And we want to go by water temperature, I think, because that's the commonality that we have. We both fish lakes, we both fish rivers, yep. but the commonality I feel like, and I hope you, you see it this way too, is maybe if we went by water temperatures uh, and just went through the process of the fly and then move into characteristics for movement and motion and retrieve hit all those things by water temp maybe we can connect those dots between Wisconsin and the south and give the listener something that's that's useful or at least you know can give them an idea of maybe which way to go when they when they get on the water and maybe you know the sometimes musky anglers can have a, somewhat of an ego sometimes we're not going to say that we're going to solve the world's problems here on a you know 60 Minutes <laughs> of a podcast but maybe it gives that person maybe they go ah you know what i hadn't tried that or I haven't tried that in a while, so I'm going to try that. And maybe that gives somebody extra uh, arrow in their quiver. So that's kind of the direction I want to yep. head.
1: We'll give it a shot. We'll see what we can do.
0: Maybe in somebody's fishing life, it'll make a, a positive impact. Let's start with a higher water temperature. and And as we move down, let's just go around 70 degrees, around 60, around 50. We'll start with 70. And around seventy degrees, right? So maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower. I don't want to box them in completely, but I'm going down the thermometer because it's fall. We're heading into winter, and it's getting colder down here. So this is completely self-serving on the south mm-hmm. boat, Okay, <laughs> hey, we're, we're we're
1: in that stage too, man. It's perfect.
0: Let's start there. So when the water temps are around seventy degrees. What's your thought process for the fly and fish in that fly?
1: It's kind of back to, you know, where are muskie at 70 degrees? And and first of all, they're they're happy. 70, 75, like that is peak metabolism. Fish are happy, they're comfortable. The issue for muskie is they're usually very spread out at that point. Uh, you know, and it's and in, right. in lakes, especially, but even in rivers, you know, they can start to spread out because they can be anywhere. They're comfortable. The water temperature suits them. Bait fish are spread out, everything's spread out. So what we're doing at least in that is we're trying to cover water and we're looking for flies that allow us to cover water because we have to fish more aggressively, uh, make more noise akin to what are the gear anglers using at this time? A lot of blades, a lot of top water, Um, a lot of noise, a lot of ruckus, a lot of disturbance. So that's what we try to do. A lot of top water, mornings and evenings, really, really fun in the summer because the fish are aggressive they're fired up. And when they come in and eat a topwater, there's no mistake in it. You know, it's it's just, it's tougher, can be tougher depending on how you tie the fly or what fly you're using to get them hooked. uh, Because it's, oh my God, you know, it's If you uh, if you are a trout, if you are a trout setter, (laughs) if you are a trout setter of muskie, a topwater will probably make you trout set to the moon. And then, you know, flies that we can cover water with. So more often than not, that's flies that are a little bit easier to cast because you're you're spraying and praying and um, you got to work it back. Often fast. So the the kick and the move and the swim and all those awesome walk the dog doesn't matter a ton to me in that kind of higher water temp range because I'm just looking to swim something across an active muskie and it's and it's probably gonna eat it, you know. And and I I do start faster and I start to work a little bit slower, but that's that's kind of how I'm at. So it takes it takes actually some of those dimensions that you laid out out of the equation I think speed is the dimension that matters in that time period both as a triggering mechanism and a way to efficiently cover water because I think they will
0: they will get triggered by that so
1: work it fast you cannot work it fast enough Think of the person reeling in a bucktail. They're working at 10 times faster than you. Strip it fast.
0: You know, one of the things that you said there, and I think this is really important, is if you're working fast, you don't want a a fly that's got 10 hooks and cast like a sock either.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, slimmer profile, you know, lighter materials. You know, you still need it to look like a bait fish. It could still be big, but you got to be able to tug it back really quickly. And because it's going so fast and we're usually, you know, using... Intermediates to sink fives fishing in shallower water it's got to get down it can't be the fly that has to kind of get wet and is neutrally and is neutrally buoyant it has to hit and kind of get down almost sink like if you didn't if you didn't strip it so that it kind of gets down enough to really work below the surface so that would be a dimension i'd consider in the summertime and then as far as color i think color for muskie you know nobody knows i don't know (laughs) 80 percent angler preference 20, you know 80 20 rule 20 percent is maybe the fish are keen into something a little bit lighter you know that orange sucker white natural ish spectrum maybe they need the, the black dark purples or maybe they need something crazy pink we don't we don't really know I think a hungry muskie probably eats 10 out of 10 flies no matter the color a finicky one. Maybe we maybe the finicky ones are where it's like, I don't know, maybe it's the white one or the black one.
0: I would love to have the time and sometimes the guts just to say, I'm fishing this color fly, period.
1: I know people that do it. I know people that do it.
0: All fall. All, 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 and are they successful? All
1: black. Yeah. He's probably caught more fish yeah. than anybody in the last four weeks. Hasn't <laughs> hasn't
0: switched the colors. Right. Maybe he switches pattern. Maybe he yeah. doesn't. Or maybe she yeah. doesn't. You know, maybe they just say this is what I'm... I went. I went through this and I've said this before. I've I've gone through this thing uh with trout where i fished a yellow zoo cougar for years it's all i did that was about the only streamer i would mm. fish and i could make that sucker do just about anything i wanted to yep and i could fish it on a floating line or a sinking line a heavy sinking line of you know a medium sink, whatever i could do all that and make it do what i need what i thought i needed to do and I, i'm sure i didn't catch all the fish that i want to believe i did but I could make it go in and out of wood. I could do all kinds of stuff with it. And I just haven't that I keep calling it guts, but you know, I haven't had the same feelings for musky that I have for this. Maybe that's because I've got a two fly boxes full of musky flies that I spend a lot of time on. And I feel like I have to fish them when really maybe I don't. Mm, mm-hmm. So something just to think about. And that doesn't bode well for you. You're sitting there going, no, David, that's not what we want. To I mean, about. I
1: think there are two dimensions, at least. There is the like, you know, the fly tying as an off the water, man, this might work. And I'm trying to dial in this hook, shank, weight, ratio. Like I'm playing with these things and it's fun and enjoyable and a way to connect to it off the water. And then, yeah, you know, I think I, I am like probably the worst person to talk about this because i have a like a garage full a wall of flies that just sit there and stare at me and you can only you can only fish so many in a day it's probably not the fly is is usually my is usually my uh my my standpoint there are people that have a preference for what it needs to look like but and in the water but mm, a fired up muskie doesn't really care he's eaten double ten bucktail that he's probably already eaten five times in his life
0: if you could drag this uh, red mouse right here if you could drag it with some with a big enough leader, he might eat it too and it's plastic
1: there's a there's a video i'm trying to remember the details there's a video on youtube i'll have to i'll have to send it to you so you can post it if it's of interest but a guy literally ties a bucktail with a fidget spinner on the head and he cut and he cuts off his own hair and uses that as the skirt, and he catches a musky on it. There's other things that matter more. Is how I should probably say it.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. So let's move into the next temperature. So now we're going down in temperature a little, a little bit, about ten degrees at a time. Let's talk about sixty degrees. It's seventy. You're you're you've got a big profile. You're running it pretty fast. Don't really care too much about the color. You just need it. Need to be able to work it fast. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I heard. Is That kind of accurate.
1: Uh, yeah. I, just more. One more thing cover water you maybe it's not speed that day but your your goal in summer when it's 70 plus cover water find find the muskies that are willing to eat that
0: day if you come up on one that you get a big follow right and it's let's say it's not even really a hot follow you know just it's kind of just a but not super lazy but he's not or she's not whatever is not really chasing super hard you know like you're you're losing you're gaining distance Let's put it that way between the fly and the fish as you retrieve it back. Do you go back later?
1: In that situation, I would probably my, my choice immediately, you know, it's not going to kill you to hit it right away. Throw some more in there, you know, size down black, white do, do that program. But I will on that when I'm like, oh, it was a little, it wasn't ready, but it was, it was getting there. Mm -hmm. What's the next window? Is there a major coming up? Is there a sunset? Oh, maybe it's an hour later and I feel a wind switch. Ooh, let's go circle back over there and see if there's something, if you can, right? On a, on a river, not always the easiest because you might be two miles down, but yeah. If you can, right. It's those super hot, hot ones that it's like, it's ready to go. You just gotta, you just gotta dial it in right now.
0: Now's the time.
1: And that, that you usually can tell. Cause it's it like probably almost ate your fly or swiped at it and missed. And you know,
0: all right, let's move into the 60 degree. Let's let's go there and walk through that same process with you.
1: Again, kind of where where do we find where are we looking for muskies that time of year? You know, again, there's still the range is happy. We're usually, you know, at least on fall, we'll talk about as it goes from 70 down to 60. We're typically finding them to start moving to a little bit more of what I think about as like the power structures, the the A spots. Um, they're kind of staging in and you know, that big, good weed line, it's probably dying off a little bit. They're probably starting to get in there and, and, uh, the windows get a little bit kind of tighter, um, sometimes and the activity will kind of congregate, uh, based on some weather patterns and stuff. Cause got a lot of change going on in fall and storms coming in and, you know, interesting moons in the, in the October, November period. But, um, so. That's though, when we get to flies, what are we doing to kind of accomplish that? We're starting kind of probably in that average seven to nine inch sucker, you know, but now we really want to focus on swimming these flies and enticing strikes. We know where they're at. Can we find one feeding? You know, we're not, we're not in the cover as much water program anymore. We're in the, okay, they, for this week, they might be on wood or for this week, we might we have been finding them on weeds and they're, they're starting to kind of be a little bit more predictable in summer it's shotgun scatter approach so fly selection I think starts to matter a little bit more in terms of profile size how it swims Um, I really start to like to use a lot of the glide style flies and the walk the dog you know your classic pops and neutrally buoyant you know give it something really worthwhile because it's got a lot of things in its face seeing a lot of bait fish suckers are moving up and down river that time but you know like got to really make it, make it worth a shot. So that's when I think I really love fishing that period. I think a lot of people do up here. It's typically kind of the September motion. Um, you guys are probably right about in that time period right now. On the, on the yeah.
0: Team. It's, it's late October now. So we're about yep. There.
1: because it's fun. You know, you just, you, you, you know, muskies are still happy and they started to congregate a little bit more than the summer and you're just enjoyable to be out there. But as far as fly, just to stay on task there. Um, We talked about kind of profile, really thinking about how it swims. And that's when you want to critique, you know, am I really getting that good side to side? I think that's a a really consistent confidence inducing presentation, you know, color again, same theme throughout. I think it doesn't matter a lot of the time. And yet we still spend a lot of the time debating it and talking it. And, you know, I'll pick a color fly because it, I like that color. I tend to I tend to use a lot of sucker varieties. You know, maybe I'll add some chartreuse or pink in a little sucker pattern, but I want something that kind of has that sucker glow and it just gives me confidence because I know that's what they're eating. It doesn't look strange. That's just a rule of thumb. There's no pink, yellow. It's all kind of producing. I think it's still maintaining the theme throughout. Muskies are muskies. You find a hungry one. You give it the right speed presentation profile. I think it's going to do the job nine times out of 10 over color.
0: So you talked about the, you're going to the A spots. What are you talking about there? Because we hear that a lot.
1: So on my river, the GPS coordinates for the A spot are, no, um, I'm kidding.
0: Uh, um, (laughs) Hold on, let me get up there. Well,
1: I guess my question for you, like river
0: lakes, both. Let's do rivers, I think. Okay. Even our lakes tend to move some at they're pretty low at that time of year so there's there's a little flow so uh, yeah let's just do rivers i think that'd be the simplest thing so
1: just to just to kind of stitch the pattern together summer is spreading out right i mean that's where in summer uh and the transition from summer to fall it's often when you're in the boat and you're just like you know we always joke because like it's too shallow here oh there's a muskie Oh, you know, yeah, like right. you're just, they're just, they're, there's a muskie over there. Like they're just everywhere. They're surprising you. They're on the flats. They're up shallow. They're swimming in the deep. A spots that we start to identify on rivers, um, you know, as we kind of get into the fall, uh, which we're obviously still checking and fishing in the summer, but where they really start to show up, it's kind of in our rivers where you start to at least get the bends and the deeper holes. Doesn't mean they're going to be in the deeper holes yet, but they're going to be adjacent to it, or they might be in the fast water just above the hole, um, or they might be on some of the wood on the shoreline of the hole, or maybe there's some weed points. They're starting to congregate in, near, or towards their wintering holes, and we start to see them there. I think you also kind of, it's kind of the spots, you know, this might sound stupid, but it's kind of the spots when you're floating down the river, and you're like, oh, that's a good spot. The river bends, and it gets deep, and there's like some deep wood on the outside bend, and, you know, good current. Those are usually what we're trying to work hard um, in this period. With the theory that we, going into it this time of year, you you want to try and establish where they are. That's I think the first variable to try and get it out of the way. So maybe the trip starts with you're covering water. Or maybe, you know, because you fished yesterday or buddy fish yesterday, man, they're on wood. Right. Once you find that, then I think it kind of clicks into what we talked about, about the fly. Good, good presentation. Walk the dog, entice it, neutrally buoyant, all that
0: good stuff. Like a T-bone. Yeah, like the, like, the good, or, like the good
1: like the good stuff. Like when we see a musky fly swimming in our brain, like you want that, you want that program going on. Right, right. Fishing that time of year.
0: And y'all, do y'all up there, do you have rocks, rock walls, rock ledges, stuff like that? Or is that? Um,
1: on various r- lakes and rivers, not all of them, but various. We got, we got so many different types of rivers you know some are look like trout streams some are just swampy and they all hold muskies in between but yeah so the rocks and the wood i think play similarly this type of year they they start to warm up um and the bait fish come in
0: that's exactly where i was going
1: it's weird at least on some of those rivers where there's rocks and wood present they are not on both at the same time we find
0: it's usually a rock
1: situation or a, a wood situation
0: so they are very similar. That's yep. interesting that we're probably, what, 800 miles apart, something like that. And they react very similar.
1: Different. I mean, you guys have deeper rivers, which I think is the biggest difference to how you have to approach them. You know, and I, I talked this through with customers, right? Hey, I'm looking for fly line and I'm fish rivers like in Wisconsin or in Tennessee. I'm not asking for the rivers, but like, you know, you probably want, you need to get a little bit deeper. You just got more room to work with, more water where they can be. Um, that That deep wood is deeper. Where you're at than it is where we're at, uh,
0: so so we try not to fish them here in the summer.
1: You get to you get you get way hotter than we get windows. We get, yeah, we get weeks yeah. and a month maybe here and yeah. a week there where we can chart. You know, but yeah.
0: But I think the summer is a good time to understand the river, even though the river is a little lower, and you're not necessarily fishing for them. But if you can catch that river low, you can really understand what's going on it on in it like this time of year, whenever it's instead of getting down to one foot after two weeks of no rain it's now down to three foot with two three weeks with no rain so you would understand it better if you could just get out there during at least one time and just float it and just just to understand it. oh yeah and you know maybe smallmouth fish too of course but but not necessarily go after the musky because they're laying on sand and you know they're trying to hunt down shade and mud and you know that sort of thing and you don't want to handle them too too much Uh,
1: And it's it's like you don't want to handle them and it's frankly coming from someone who musky fishes every waking second he can like it's it sucks (laughs) man when it's 82 degrees water temp and maybe you're finding a bay with 79 and it's 95 out. Like the fishing ain't good. Yes. It's horrible.
0: So true. So true. And it's yeah. hard. It's very, very difficult.
1: We'd rather have 32 freezing rain and like, like bring it on than So like, save up, save up, go bass fishing.
0: We, uh, the first time that we, we ever went, it was, I think it was 22 degrees outside mm. when we shoved off and we had one on and caught in the net within 45 Oof. minutes. First time ever out. And then Noth- you know, of course we n- nothing. for yeah. nothing for three trips uh-huh, or something like uh-huh. that. One fall, something crazy. But but all that to say that it was super cold out. Super it was cold that day. I mean, wind blowing, not fun until we caught the fish and then it
1: warmed was, up, warmed up real quick. Yep.
0: Just before dark. Yeah. And then we got cold mm-hmm. again. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's let's move on down. Uh let's let's get into the let's say fifty degrees and less. So now we're still talking about water temps, not air temps. I want to make sure that, that the is pretty clear on that.
1: Crap, we gotta redo it all then. I was not kidding.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: um what,
0: That's okay. I wouldn't record. There you now, go. Right, there you no. go. What uh
1: what do you guys get down to? Where do you guys kind of bottom out
0: just before I I would I would say probably Somewhere in the forties, somewhere in there, but if it's in the thirties, I'm probably not fishing anyway because it's really cold and has been cold for a while. Right, right, right. You know, then we're looking for springs and stuff like that. So when
1: it's when it's getting down colder later in the season, metabolism is going down.
0: Yet, right.
1: Yet, like activity is going down. Right. Throughout all fish all species, but, um, mm-hmm. but yet, but yet with musky, they are still eating, preparing for winter because they know they go into the spawn. We all hear about the fall feed bag. You know, there's still some people that don't quite believe in some of that, but at the end of the day, we see it happen on the water. They, they're eating the big ones are packing on the pounds. It's when we see the biggest fish of the year. So we're, of course, we're getting after it. I think it's kind of, it's when people envision musky fishing in their head, sometimes they only come out for, for the late fall stuff or the winter stuff for you guys. But the fishing can be a lot different, like opposite end of the spectrum to where we started this conversation. We are not covering water, we are doing the absolute opposite. You should know where they're at at this point in the year. Yeah. And you've hopefully acquired that throughout the year, throughout the seasons, um, because they do stack up and they do congregate, you know, maybe not all in one spot, but there'll be several in several key spots. They're also eating bigger fish. We we find right we we look at the gear anglers they're throwing huge pounders it's when the big seventeen inch suckers get ordered and they're working and again as with everything this is kind of the where I start it can all trickle down and you'll probably find a day when it's fifty degree water temp and someone's a muskie's eating a top water like yes that'll happen. (laughs) That we we probably should have said that at the get go of this whole thing. Like, yes, it is musky. They will drive you nuts. They'll they might eat a worm on a bobber today. That might have been what it was going to take. Like it does. It's 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 all over the place. But what I have confidence in, what I have confidence in, what a lot of really good, better anglers than me have confidence in, is big, deep, slow, twitch it. You know, roll it across the bottom, just neutrally buoyant as big as you can cast, you know, it has to be able to swim a little bit, but that's normally when the big articulated monsters just start to kind of come out. And it's not super fun to fish and you wouldn't want to do it all day covering water, but you shouldn't have to, you might spend more time in a spot, you know, really make sure you got it from every angle, come back at good windows. And I think that's, that's tends to be our program. When that stops working, we of course start to go a little bit slower are a little bit smaller a little bit more active with our presentation but where we start is huge and almost dead i mean imagine if you could what I tell people imagine you are effectively fishing a sucker rig with a fly rod it should take you a long time to get that fly back to the boat because it's just sitting out there and twitching and maybe you jerk some line up and let it hit. like you're doing all sorts of stuff to just kind of let it be out there And let a muskie come find it
0: yeah we're trying to fish bigger holes corners stuff like that with deeper runs deeper structure stuff like that try to work it slow slow as you can i mean sometimes it's just impossible to work slow all day long oh yeah but you're not gonna live and die by you know an hour's worth of casting at not exactly the right speed is not going to kill no you because, no
1: no but uh, j- that's like the framework at least we're th- what we're thinking about is as slow as you can as slow as you can
0: yeah that's good information right there and it's again difficult to yep. do very difficult to do but it can be done and you just the whole focus on musky I, I, and i say this often i talk more people out of musky fishing than i talk mm-hmm. in the musky fishing so somebody will want to oh i want to do a musky trip yeah are you sure you want to do a musky trip because you're not going to go out there and have a 50 fish day. And some people are used to that. You know, I, I caught 50 fish. Okay. What if you don't catch one? What if you don't even see one? You know, we've had some trips where you just don't even see one. It just isn't, it just ain't your day.
1: Oh yeah. It's happening everywhere. Despite what you see on on the social medias and, you know, the weeks, when you when you've accrued a lot of musky photos you you can make it look like they're biting every day, but they're not biting they're not <laughs> biting every day um
0: no they're not
1: and when they are it's still tough you know you gotta kind of be you gotta kind of be on your guns and you can't possibly do that a hundred percent of the time for a hundred percent of the day and usually the one second you're not on your guns <laughs> is the time it's gonna happen so you gotta like it's it's not for everybody that's for sure. It's for psychos.
0: Yes, it is. It's when you're reaching down for your coffee cup. You just cast. You think, I want to grab a drink of coffee while this flies fall. Mm-hmm. And you reach down to grab it. And inevitably, I'm like, there he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and you got to get back in position. And then you by the time you get back up from putting your coffee cup back in the holder, you're already freaked out 99% of the time. Like, oh. no!
1: And, and I think that's why I, I can do this too. My wife will give me shit about this crap about this. Excuse <laughs> me. You can, I, you, you can see musky anglers get a little anal about things. Just like if a fly is in the water, you're watching it. I don't care if you just ripped it out of a tree and, it hit the boat and fell back, like sw- swim it back <laughs> the three feet back to the boat. You know, if you're getting your line ready and that flies dangling in the water, watch the fly like it, it because <laughs> it's happened. If you can think it's happened, it's happened. They've eaten it. They've eaten it that way. Yes.
0: Yes, they have. And laughing at it yeah. still. They're having their own podcast. Oh, yeah. All oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we went da- we went down in temperature. I want to go up in temperature just I don't know, from like 60 to 70. Yep water temp if you want to go back up just that one step just to give somebody the idea for the spring i didn't think yep, about yep. that uh when we were talking but i think if we can go up from 60 to 70 give the, the general angler an idea of the difference between going down and going up i think is where i want yep, to
1: go yep and um i will say just to plug you know someone that's got a lot of musky knowledge that he shared over the periods of his life i think it's steve hiding Seven degrees of musky location. So that's if, if people are interested in way more, go go down that rabbit hole. Awesome, conventional musky <laughs> angler. But yeah, on the way up. So, so spring or, or what we consider spring in Wisconsin, you know, musky are just getting done with their spawn in that you start to really see activity kind of pick up around mid to low 50s probably better in the high 50s when it's above 60 you're hopefully playing around with active fish generally we're smaller i think this is not rocket science if you've looked into musky fishing at all smaller in spring bigger in fall generally we're smaller because forage is smaller you know again we're kind of on the same program though as the other side of the 60 degrees, which is a spots. They just this time, though, we're just taking spawn into consideration instead of kind of the deep wintering hole. They're they're kind of geolocating, you know, they came off a of spawns. So they're they're coming out of those areas, or they're still in those areas, or they're around those areas. Even if you have, for the most part, non reproducing muskies, they still go through the motions, they're still gonna, they're still right. gonna seek out the warmer water, they're still gonna seek out the you know, they're going to probably head upstream and in, in, in the rivers and, and find some of the warmer, shallower sun beaten, you know, sun. I should have mentioned that earlier. Sun becomes such a big factor where it kills you in summer. It's your friend in this period because it's warming up the bank and the wood and the, the weeds and all that stuff on both sides. Of the, the rocks. Spring. Yeah, the rocks on the spring and the fall. So searching out warmer waters, smaller. Usually I like spring because we can go really shallow too. The weeds aren't sloppy they're kind of they're kind of just popping off so we're trying to find where they're popping off and working it through there oftentimes shallow and it can be fun fishing because you're just throwing six to eight inch flies you're not killing your arm and usually you, you <laughs> up here we see more fish then it can be a tougher ordeal to find the the active ones but you'll have several dozen follows in a weekend and it's just lethargic non-committal but it's spring once they once they really recover from the spawn they, they do start to pick up and then it gets into the kind of June period before it gets back up into the summer seventies, which can be really fun. They're active; they're, they're moving around, and they haven't had a year's worth of baits thrown at them
0: yet. So, <laughs> yeah, because not everybody's out there all winter and crazy like. Well, and we so. can't,
1: right? We we yeah, no, you got,
0: yeah, y'all can't, can, yeah, can yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, that's true because y'all are frozen over,
1: frozen, and season doesn't open till like May first, and then end of May in the northern zone. Because we got naturally reproducing, so we let them spawn. Oh yeah, we okay. let them spawn, yeah, and then we. Yeah we kind of get after it but it's also ice related we 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 don't have a pre-spawn opportunity that's open water
0: ice fishing do people ice fish for them i know i see that.
1: not not legal to harvest muskie i mean if you you could if you ca- people will catch them and hopefully release them and if you did you know but it's not not usually the program people are after stuff to eat so yeah yeah you'll you'll, you'll catch them though you'll they'll be caught through the ice you know eating a Little worm on a on a jig, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a little tiny ice fishing pole, <laughs> or a tip up.
0: Uh, do y'all have? Do y'all have perch? Up Tons,
1: there? Yeah, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Tons of yellow perch.
0: I went on a, a, a steelhead trip to Michigan and tried a perch basket.
1: Oh, oh yeah, you, you ate perch, yeah. Woo, perch, bluegill, walleye, pike—they're all delicious.
0: I went for walleye and came out with perch and was is it was actually had it's very coach. good very yeah. good yeah it really is so so kudos to y'all for having that we got crappie down here. also so good
1: also really it's, good it's it's also yep. good
0: so <laughs> uh well I, one one more question and then we'll look to close this thing out i always like to give the uh the guest the floor to help the angler that listens to our show so kind of connect you two we always open it up to the guest and ask this one last question what haven't we asked that would be helpful helpful for a muskie angler to be successful at fishing for muskie on the fly?
1: So I think that question for me is kind of, it's like what matters is the question. What matters? Because you're just starting out, you're being exposed to loads of gear and this is how you're supposed to tie your leader and articulated and keel weighted flies and wow, it's overwhelming. What matters? Wet flies swimming in front of muskies. And I think the key is flies have to be in the water and they have to be in front of muskies. And I'm not trying to be overly simple, but I see a lot of folks not fishing high probability muskie water, you know, in times where they're not there. And it's like figure out that it's pain. It can be painful, and they're hard. But find it find fish because that's what matters more than the rod. And are you water loading or are you aerial casting or it, oh, all yeah. of that stuff? All the stuff we even talked about is really you heard me answer about flies, and it's really about well, where are the muskies? Um, that's what we obs- obsess about because I think that's what that's what gives you a shot. That's all you're looking for. I see that. I know it kind of backwards. Maybe wasn't even a. A question but i just see so many folks oh it's and I, i'm probably it, it's funny because i'm the guy that sells all the fly line and all the gear and all the, but you know it, the difference between that sink three and sink six it probably didn't matter if uh, uh, unless <laughs> unless you're finding fish and you know you need to get down deeper but 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 find the fish first they'll eat a lot of crazy stuff presented in the wrong way casted in the wrong way the ugly you know there's so it's, it's kind of that. And I think there's a lot of knowledge out there from gear anglers and, and where to find them, how to find them. And I, I like that about them because they're elusive. It's the one fish for me, really, that pressure doesn't matter as much. Sure, I we all want to fish the unpressured, beautiful river lake with 50 inches in it. Not many exist. But like it doesn't matter as much with muskie. You can be the eighth boat behind seven other boats, dragging the you know 16th fly through that hole and be the one to catch it
0: it may go back to that one that you turn around and go back to well maybe that two boats in front of that's it, fired it up yeah and it's just getting exactly back and, yep and you you luck out yep you just get lucky yep. it's nothing you did didn't do it wasn't the yep type three sink or the type six or whatever you're trying to throw out there
1: it also kind of gets at the that question and then also the like And I see this a lot. We all, where's the, where are the musky? Can you show me a spot? Madison's great for that. I can pull up a map. I will circle the musky spots. I'll circle 500 more spots too. That might also have musky and another 500. (laughs) And, And then I got a couple other spots that I haven't yet checked out over there. You know, we all, we all know where they are, but we, it's whose fly is in the water, or whose bait is in the water at that moment in the right spots, the probability. I mean, and I mean that in a more general way, like a lake, like the lakes in Madison, you know, but I have people who like, man, I've been. And musky fishing lake mendota for three years and there's just not a lot of them in there i'm not I'm like yeah there's not a lot of them in there go go down the street they go right. down the street to the other one man
0: <laughs> yeah. don't don't hurt yourself. right right
1: they're hard enough uh, on, they're hard enough
0: yeah i want to go back to something that you were saying a while ago about the type three you know yeah, type yeah. six or yeah. whatever that yep. sinking line that we were talking about you know we're talking about getting down yep. in the winter yep. and fishing those holes and fishing them thoroughly you can you can run the long, wrong fly line and get down too far and have to move that fly fast to keep the line off the bottom sometimes, even in the holes. So it is important. I don't want to discount that it is important to get the right fly line uh, that sinks the right depth on both sides. One, maybe you're not getting down far enough. Maybe you're getting down too far with the heavier sink and you're like ticking the bottom with the, with the knot or the you know something on the leader or something and it's not you so you start working that fly faster. oh yeah
1: all all of that all of that matters but first make sure it's where fish are at yeah and then it does matter it does totally it does agree. really matter too i think like yeah you're you know you're getting them to follow but not eat one i see very often is you're getting them to eat and you're not staying hooked up like badly like dude i've t- like t- two <laughs> dozen and none of them and my buddy's got this other fly and he gets Well, look at that fly. And do you have a hook gap issue? Is the hook sharp? Is it, you know, there's, there's going to be some gear things there, but got to find them. Got to find them. And, um, yeah, I just think that's the piece that honestly I see so many people still overlook is this, they're looking for this spot or they're, trying all the different things and and it's first, if you are not seeing fish, that is what you should focus on. And then dial in the program from there, the flies and all that good stuff.
0: Fish where they are, not where they ain't. Yeah.
1: And that sounds like, again, it just sounds so dumb, but like musky can be in all these crazy spots. It's a tough one to go on low probability hunts for. Yeah.
0: You've got to be willing. Yeah.
1: And I'm sure you guys know these, like, oh yeah, there's a musky caught all the way up that Creek. No way. Yeah, but is but is it like a spot that's got a fish per mile or more than that? Maybe not. Maybe one just cozy up there one one spring. There's 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 those rumors are brewing. I don't know about down by you, but all the time there's a muskie caught over there. It's like okay, but are there are there enough in here to make it worth my twelve hours on a crappy forty degree day to go? <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. One, we have that exact thing that's about an hour and a half from right here. Then we have another one that I had a guy fishing up in a creek right at the mouth, like, but in the creek and had a big follow out of there i mean i can't go obviously i can't go past that creek without having somebody throw right on the edge you know but but yeah. anyway yeah. yeah we've got those same those same things and it's you know uh we we had you know three follows out of this one one uh brush pile and then we caught one out of it you know right after right after three follows it looked like three different fish and you might go by there 10 more times and not even see a fish, you know, within a within hundred yards of there. So
1: another way to say it too. And like, again, the question, at least I thought you posed it to me if I, if I heard it correctly, was like to have more success. What, what, what's the, what should I be doing? And there are times where low probability rumor mill stuff. Yeah. Go, go check that out. But like if you're out there fishing for musky and you're consistently asking yourself, are there fish here? It's it's a lot better to fish for them when you know they're there, because even when we know they're there, they still don't eat. There's still SOBs and like, yes, but it's a lot men- less mentally taxing and a lot more efficient.
0: You, you have to have that in you. And I don't know what it is, but you have to have it in you to be able to go all day, and be on point. You know, as much of that time as you could possibly be on point and that ain't easy.
1: Zero feedback days. They're they're the worst, but they are they are oh, yes. They're frequent. And if you you know they're more fun when you can so I love tournaments for Muskie, as weird as that sounds because you get a data set that you never get. Like when you're out trout fishing and oh, when i when we're out trout fishing in the driftless and and you you you're proficient enough get something there if they're not biting it's pretty obvious with, mus- with musky it's it's it leaves you wondering it leaves you wondering was it the other bank was it the other were they in the, uh, over there not there um <laughs> was it deeper was it slower was it you know and uh when you see a tournament go out you see 40 boats on the same lake for the same window and 80 percent of them get skunked but 20 percent of them you know luck you know happen to fall into one or it, it it at least okay okay it gives you more motivation for those bad days power through
0: the information is really i hadn't thought about that but the information is valuable
1: especially the ones yeah when it's on like we get some here where it's literally one lake 40 boats yeah we're all fishing the same spots. We had one of those this year. And I, I was like, ah, oh, I really want to go fish this river. This It was perfect. The flow was good. And, and we, we went out to the lake and did the tournament. It was fun. but And we we gathered data, right? There was a 49 caught that day. I was like, Ugh.
0: Everybody out there was getting beat down, but there was a 49 caught. If you can ever get two of them caught and find whatever connects them for that particular day, that's a great Yeah, deal. Yeah, it's, but... it's one of the best. <laughs> oh. I think that that last answer was good. It went into a lot of detail uh, around a simple sentence. (laughs) Keep your fly in the water.
1: (laughs) What matters? Keep your fly in front of muskies. Thanks for the freaking advice, Dan. Keep your fly in front of muskies. This guy. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Right. I'm sure with this set, and I didn't mean this to say the sound, the way that it sounded that muskie anglers are a different group with a different attitude mm. maybe
1: they wear they wear it like a badge of honor you're not offending them they're like yeah, okay, we're, all yeah. we're all different we're all
0: yeah 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 so i'm sure that somebody will get an email that you know i i fish musky and super fast with a fly that doesn't move in 50 degree water and that's all i catch them on okay good
1: <laughs> it, it happens i guarantee so, it yep yeah oh yeah they also get caught on bass flies fyi <laughs> jokingly right like
0: they, yeah. all year long yeah.
1: all year long oh yeah four yeah. inch murder. yeah pick up muskies go for it
0: and i went musky fishing one time with about a i guess that flies about seven uh-huh. inches all i caught was smallmouth the whole day best smallmouth day ever yeah ever that's awesome. Never, I have never had a better day than that Fishing one. Fishing with a musky and, fly. I love know, it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, I think that this information is helpful for the for the folks that, that are thinking, you know, I might want to try a muskie. And I think there are some things in there that were helpful for the person that uh, is probably an experienced angler. And like I said in the beginning, maybe it just reminds them of, oh, yeah, I need to try that again. Or I need to try that. Maybe it's a new idea. Or maybe they mesh it together with an idea that they're thinking about. Cause like I said, in the beginning, everybody's got a theory, you know, and those build upon each other. So uh, I think, I think that, that it's should be some helpful information if somebody takes the time and really listens to what was, what was said here. So I
1: hope, I hope. And if you hated it, you know how to, you can send me an email and tell me you hated it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't think, I honestly don't think that our listeners are quite that way. (laughs) I haven't found anybody yet that I didn't, that I didn't think, yeah, dude, I like probably fishing. There you go. That's good. That's, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. So if you found value in the podcast, share the episode in the podcast with the friends uh, who fish also drop by, like we said, the Southeastern fly store to explore the merch that fuels the Southeastern fly podcast. We could use some help in that area for sure. Dan. Thank you for stopping by, man. I, I appreciate the conversation and I appreciate the willingness to give the listener information. That's important.
1: I, I enjoyed it, David. I appreciate you having me on, man. It was fun.
0: So Dan's a musky angler. He owns a, the online fly shop, with his with his wife, Jen, who's also a musky angler. They're opening a brick and mortar store soon in Madison, Wisconsin. He can be found at uh, muskyfool.com. You just listen to Dan Donovan on the Southeastern Fly podcast. See you next time. What's the name of this um, So
1: his name is David W. Huff, H-U-F-F. So the company is the W and the Huff, Woof.
0: Oh, okay. W-H-U-F-F.
1: And he makes, um, I mean, the rods that we sell the most of at Musky Fool, he sells uh, 9 and 11 and 12, that 11 and the 12. Super quality rod comes with an extra tip. Isn't that super fast action stuff? It's it's a quality good rod to cast for musky. Extended butt. Um, he's got a good seven weight streamer stick. A five weight. He's got an eight weight glass rod. So he's got some good stuff. Uh, he's he's just he's just a, he's a fun character. He also um, he's probably working on him right now. You'll have to ask him for me about uh, his feathers because he does he does some really good feather work. So we and you can see him on our site. Just big 10 to 14 inch slopping all custom dyed and crazy.